It's the Chiefs and 49ers and plenty of heartbreak along the way. We're going to break it all down here today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to issue a big shout out. Thank you and welcome to our everydayers. Those of you who make us your first listen every single day. We appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com and use code LOCKEDONNFL, and that'll get you a first deposit match up to $100. Joe, happy Senior Bowl Monday to you. Happy Senior Bowl Monday, Kyle Krabs. Thank you very much. Um, obviously, Senior Bowl, a lot of our friends down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, getting ready for some player evaluation. It's always an exciting part of the off-season calendar, and uh, we'll, we'll have some stuff about Senior Bowl. But we... Today, I want to talk about the conference championship games. And, um, Joe, I think the first thing that stands out to me when I think about the AFC game, which was the 3 o'clock game, aside of, wow, that's annoying, Kansas City won again, is I think you – I've looked at the first maybe five to ten minutes of that game script, and you really felt like you knew how that game was going to end out. Because the expectation was Kansas City – I was going to not have the ability to move the ball against Baltimore's defense. Baltimore had more ways to threaten you. They had this really, really good run game. Baltimore finishes with, what, six carries for their backs in this game? Lamar Jackson throws the ball like 38 times. Yeah. And they were 4-3 and three this season when he threw the ball more than 30 times in a, in a game, single game. And I think just the, the the way the early game played out, the whole game stayed on that script. And as you watch the first five, ten minutes, like, ooh, Kansas City's moving the ball pretty good here. Yep. They really, Baltimore really can't afford to let this be how this game starts. And I think that rolled all the way through the finish. Yeah, I think that was an ominous start, especially with just the situational moments with Mahomes being able to figure it out on third downs, extend plays, create, find Kelsey. And then that just really didn't stop. I know that the Chiefs scored 17 points. They punted five times in the second half. Like, I totally get all of that. But it was a it was an omen for sure, and I think I think Baltimore, man, oh man, do I think Todd Mountain just had the wrong stuff? He just had the wrong yep. stuff for this game. I I don't know. I've spent a lot of time studying the Chiefs for for my own reasons, and there's there's things that they're great at on defense. There's things that they struggle with overall. They're a great defense, but where they have issues is defending the run. They're I mean objectively not good at defending the run. And then defending running backs and tight ends. And you know what you have, Baltimore? You have that stuff. You have that stuff to attack the Chiefs' defense, and you just didn't. You didn't have the consistency trying to run the football. And you, why didn't you get your backs and tight ends going as more of an important part of that passing offense? It felt like they really wanted to let Lamar be the guy that was going to just pick apart the Chiefs on defense. Folks, that's just not what happens. That's not what happens. The Chiefs are too good against receivers. They understand how to 
contain to an extent with, with these mobile quarterbacks, and you just didn't have the right game plan, not to mention the, the big mistakes that you made along the way. So here we are, Chiefs, once again, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Spagnolo deserves all the flowers in the world, too, for well, – you can say what you will about Monken and how they called that game offensively, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, it's probably not what the game plan could have looked like if you were to try to – it's not like Kansas City went up 21 nothing. It's right. not like what happened in the other game where you're down 17 points. Right. And the worst this thing got was at, at, at halftime it became 10 points. Right. You played the whole first half. It was a one-score game at least. Yeah. And then you get back, man, just Baltimore losing time of possession the way that they did because they didn't run the ball, turning the ball over three times, including where they fumbled the ball with the Zay Flowers mistake, the penalties, not eight for 95. Just every objective measure yep. of how you win and lose football games, and a lot of it's self-inflicted for Baltimore. So I think that's the thing that probably stings. It's like, man, we didn't call our best game. And then when it's all said and done, we still shot ourselves in the foot three times in the second half and left points on the field. Yeah, those those three incidents, absolutely catastrophic mistakes by Baltimore. Getting second and five from the plus 37. Lamar takes a nine-yard sack. Cannot happen, right? You got Justin Tucker as your kicker. Big missed opportunity. Then you get first and 10 from the Kansas City 11, and that we have the Zay Flowers fumble. And then we have first and 10 from the Kansas City 25, and Lamar just heaves one into the middle of the field where there's three defenders in, in, in coverage. It, like getting zero points in those three trips late in the game sunk your ship. And I hate that we're sitting here like talking about Kansas City, a historic team, winning, the, you know, winning playoff games at an unbelievable clip. And it feels like the last two weeks, it wasn't necessarily as much about what they did, but what their opposition didn't do oh. in both. Buffalo and Baltimore. It's the experience of being in this position so many times, right? I think you look at both games. That's the common theme between both games. The San Francisco four straight conference championship game appearances. Kansas City six, been there, done that. Yeah. Won a couple championships. It's kind of the whole home nature of these big moments where, um, you know, Kansas City, they're defending champions on the road, three seed. All the pressures on Baltimore. We talked about all the pressure being on San Francisco. Yeah. At the end of last week, in reality, how that actually played out was that it was the case for this game. Felt like there was pressure for Lamar to yeah. be showcased as a passer as compared to more of a balanced approach offensively. Just play the game. Right. Just play the friggin' game. So uh Kansas City, once again. I think the only people that are happy about this are Chiefs fans and Swifties. Yes. End of list. (laughs) I I will say I'm very glad that Adam Schefter clarified whether or not Taylor would be able to get from Tokyo to Kansas. Oh, what's yeah. I saw the tweet. Are we sure she's going to be able to execute this? You know, I mean, yeah, because of the time change. Oh, good. I don't, I don't, I don't hold any of this against Taylor Swift either. Like I know some people are like, ah, I don't want her on the, it's, it's Taylor Swift is just showing up to games and being a girlfriend supportive of her boyfriend who happens to play tight end for the Kansas City. Well, there is, there's a consequence to that. That's quite lucrative. Taylor Swift showing up at NFL stadiums, the most famous person in the entire world with the biggest audience in the entire world. I don't blame Taylor Swift for it. No, no, I don't. But like, let's, 
like <laughs> the NFL's not rigged. Like I get all that, but like let's her being there is monumentally big for the the National Football League and, and more viewers. And I mean, talk about the NFL as big as it is. How do you get bigger, right? How do you get into Taylor people Swift. groups? Yeah, people <laughs> groups that are not really your product. How do you get them? Yeah, Taylor Swift. They're for sure leaning into it, and I give Taylor punch credit for looking up, seeing herself on the TV screen, telling him to go away. Dude, I, I think she, I think she be. she handled this extremely well. Like I I don't I like I don't have any problems with all of that, but like you're you're lying to yourself if you don't think there's a benefit they to the are, NFL. Or right. Taylor Swift all over it. the social media channels yeah. and all that stuff, just plaster yeah. everywhere. All right, that's there. It is. We we did it. We talked about Taylor Swift uh, on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We yeah. All right, moving on here. We're going to talk about. Oh boy, we'll talk about it here in just a moment. So stick with us, but folks, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun, easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. Here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less in the projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. Does not take long. You can make an entry in under a minute. And then when you win, the withdrawals come super, super quick. Love watching all these sports, and they're even more exciting when you have a prize picks entry going into a slate of games. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100, prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So in the other game, the late game, the San Francisco 49ers came back from a 17-point first half deficit to vanquish our Lions, Joe. 27 unanswered points, Kyle Krabs? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'm not a math guy, but 24-7 to 34-24 is indeed 27 unanswered points. Dude, I'm gutted. I'm gutted for the Lions fans. And what I hate about it all is that right now, you know what they're thinking to themselves? It was inevitable, right? Because they're the Lions and they're cursed and they can't have good things, right? Like almost feeling comfortable enough to say, wow, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to do this. And then the implosion of implosion ensues with the most crazy, ridiculous drops and bounces of the ball that happened in sequence to lead to this 17-point lead evaporating very, very quickly. I, I, I just cannot stand the way that this all came together. So I know I've talked about this on my own programming for my audience, and I know you and I have talked about this as well, but anybody who thinks that there's not some degree of fortune to making a run to the Super Bowl You're kidding, right? is lying to themselves, right? Right. Brandon and I look catching that ball that bounces directly off Kendall Vildor's face. His face, <laughs> Kyle Krabs. <laughs> it's not even like Ayuk impacted his play on the ball. It just hit him in the face and bounced straight up in the air. How many times do you see that ball routinely hit a body part of a defender and it bounces literally any other direction and it's not caught? And you don't want to take away from San Francisco. I, I give them a ton of credit for their halftime adjustments and for finding a way to run the football when they did not have the ability in the first yeah. half of this game at all. There was nothing happening running the ball. I think at halftime there were three Lions players with more rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey. So you give credit where credit's due. 
but it's just the embodiment of like sometimes the ball bounces your way and sometimes it doesn't. And I know for Lions fans, they'd probably be like, well, we haven't won a championship since 57. We'd love the ball to bounce our way. And you'd be justified to feel that way. Yeah. On the other hand, San Francisco, for all their success, they haven't won a championship since 94. So it's it's not like they haven't had balls bounce against them too. It's just when these two teams happen to play each other, the ball bounces in favor of San Francisco as the team who's been there before and and had guys that I think were ready to make the plays down the stretch that needed to be, be needed to be made. You can also tell this is the first time a lot of people watched the Detroit Lions this year, uh, not understanding the decision making of Dan Campbell and those decisions being the exact reason that they're in the game and Kyle Krabs. I do not take any exception with Dan Campbell's decision-making in this game. I take great exception with the execution of his players to not catch the ball when it's right in their hands. Yeah. Like, what, like were the opportunities very clearly there to make plays? Yes. That's all a coach can do is put your players in position to make plays and to win football games, and that's exactly what Dan Campbell did. Yeah, and and I know that there's some reflection of Dan Campbell and his not just his fourth down decisions in this game but I've already seen like people looking at his entire body of work for the season and and looking at failed fourth down decisions that they've made throughout the course of the year but I think you you always have to look beyond just the raw data there because I think there's a level of confidence and bravado and like intangible that goes in when you have that kind of confidence in your players yeah it's a culture thing right so like yeah we might not get this fourth down but what that breeds for our mentality for an entire 60 minute football game whether we fail or succeed on the 40th minute or not i think there's a lot of power to and for a team like detroit that has been a really hard luck franchise and not been in these positions to be fearless of who we are and to own it and wear it for wins and losses, I have a lot of respect of. And whether you agree or disagree with the decisions, that's a totally different thing. I think it's. I think you're exactly right in terms of the messaging. Not only do we say to our offense, we believe that you can convert here, but if you don't, we believe in our defense that it's not going to wind up costing us. Right? Like, I think. I think that's terrific. I think that's the reason they were in the game. And uh, if the insane bounces of the ball and not being able to catch routine passes. Um, happen differently, then we're talking about the Lions going to the Super Bowl and the emotions are completely different. Again, I, again, we, I feel like we're sitting here not giving enough credit to San Francisco. They won the game. Brock, Brock Purdy scrambles were as big of anything in this game, yep. right? Like uh, some really goofy moments throwing the football, which I don't know, it's kind of the Brock Purdy experience, but for him to be able to pick up some of those chunks with his legs, I thought was game changing. For sure. And uh, the throw to Yushek on the sideline, getting out of the sack, outstanding yeah, play. Yeah. I don't want to give flowers to Debo Samuel, too, right? Like, banged up all week, wasn't sure if he was going to go. He finishes with 89 yards, plays physical, caught a couple big passes over the middle of the field. You see just how much of a critical part of their recipe that he is, and, and for them to have him and him, you know, not be on the injury report this week. I think is a really tough performance from him and, and and something that deserves a lot of recognition as well. So San Francisco. So it feels like both one seeds went to the Super Bowl, but they didn't. The Chiefs were the three seed. Right. But it felt like it was 
at the end of the day, it was like, was it always San Francisco? (laughs) I know they had their lumps in the middle of the season, but like this was the team that I think was tried and true the most consistently throughout the course of the year. Take your time. Take your time. If you want to criticize Dan Campbell for one thing, can we agree that the run on third and goal there at the end of the game? Oh, sure, sure. Was not the best decision. Yeah, it's it's not the best decision, but is it also one of those things where it's like, if they score that touchdown, what do we think? Oh, they were willing to be true to their identity as a running football team. There was a big consequence there, and they punched it in, right? Like, I don't know that that's a little bit more of a process versus results thing when you're you're your entire ability to stop the clock and get another possession if you fail to get the onside kick is predicated on you throwing into the end zone. Yeah, they. No, I'm, I agree with you that they should not have done that. And that would be the the decision I'd be the most critical of. But I I think that that other side, like that's why they did it. Yeah, this is our, our strength. We've had success doing it all game. Like I I get it. But at third and thirteen, they ran the ball with Gibbs to the left, and that was the moment the, earlier in the game. You're like, well, if they're going to be able to run the ball and get it in third and thirteens, like let's just let's just go ahead and fast forward here. You know, like right. so. All right. It's the Chiefs. It's the 49ers. We talked about the conference championship games. Let's take a little peek ahead at what's coming in a couple weeks with the world championship on the line. So be sure to stick with us. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have a lot bigger problems than what's going on with our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. So visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. So we get a rematch from, what, four years ago? Five years ago? Yep. Patrick Mahomes' first Super Bowl win came against Kyle Shanahan. Uh, San Francisco looking to avenge that loss with a different quarterback, but a lot of the same nucleus of the team. Uh, San Francisco made that run, I believe, the year that they number two and got Bosa in the draft too so like that was like their big glow up here was that year how does it make you feel that you can go to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as your quarterback it was either gonna be Brock or Jared Goff right the first overall pick or the last overall pick right well I think there's a testament to all the different ways that you can build a team and player fits and skill specific fits. And I don't think there's any question that uh, Brock Purdy is a a excellent fit for what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. I also think you'd be silly to ignore the fact that San Francisco traded three first round picks to try to level up the upside of the quarterback position from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's where I was hoping you would go with this. San Francisco literally went all in for Trey Lance. All in. And it didn't matter. Like, how many, for other teams to do that and strike out like they did, that's going to set you back for a long, long time. Yeah, no question. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. 
Trey Lance is a backup quarterback. That doesn't even dress for the Cowboys. I think you you got the kind of hit that doesn't happen consistently, right? There's plenty of day three quarterback success stories. But for the last overall pick to come in and have this kind of meshing immediately. It's fit, right? It's fit. Because let's be honest, Brock Purdy's career should be what Jake Browning's career is. But he's in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan in this spot. And now he's he's an MVP finalist. I think he is. And he's playing. He's going to start for the Super Bowl. And they're the favorites. They're the favorites. Not in my book. They're not. But in Kyle Crabb's sports book or the Kyle Crabb sports book starts, you know, is was the logic that I said uh, in the divisional round to be the man, you got to beat the man. And then we get to the the conference championship game and say, ah, you know what? I think Baltimore is going to win the game. No, I ain't doing that again. Yeah. I'm probably not doing that. Chiefs. Yeah. I probably am too, but it's like the betting favorite. Yeah. If you, all right, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting into that. Um, Yeah, so the the formula for San Francisco as the current betting favorite is, well, what can they do, Kyle? They can run the ball, and they can throw the ball to backs and tight ends, right? And they do have receivers in Samuel and Ayuk that I think can challenge McDuffie and and Snead for Kansas City in in unique ways. But, like, I don't know, man, Spags against Purdy? But how am I just going to sit here and just discredit Purdy for the rest of my life, and he's just going to keep winning? You know what I mean? Like, at some point, I got to learn. That's I think that's the hard part is that there's the conversation is different with Brock Purdy because of where he got drafted. And everybody's expectation and everybody's kind of floor for the conversation is so much lower of because of where he got drafted. When in reality, obviously this he could be their starting quarterback for probably quite a while. Right? Brother, Especially, it's year two and they're in the Super Bowl. Right. He's and an MVP final. The, the, the way that they've constructed the entirety of the roster. They're got a seventh round rookie contract on the books. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you, every team should try to do this. Draft everyone, fill up the seventh round with quarterbacks. And, well, and that's why we saw all these day three quarterbacks this past right. year. And Sean Clifford gets drafted in the fifth round because yeah. of the Brock Purdy effect. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you can't replicate fit because there's so many variables that goes into it. But I. I I don't know how you don't look at Brock Purdy and at this point, just be honest that like, yeah, does he get lucky sometimes? Yeah, but he's also really smart and he executes the offense at a high level. And I'm not particularly interested in getting into the division of credit that everybody seems to want to do. Like you, you value the quarterback as a sum of all of the variables. Right. And I deal with this on my own with, with two a tongue of a low. And the difference is two is the fifth overall pick versus two sixty one or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. So like the conversation is different. Tua his performance statistically is right about in line with where Brock Purdy's is. But yet people are dismissive of Brock Purdy because where he got drafted. People are underwhelmed because of two uh, with Tua because of where he got drafted. And it's like just grade the whole situation. Take the don't try to isolate the player outside of the situation because it's a team sport and you are so dependent upon the others around you. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes can elevate this mishmash collection of wide receivers and they can have an outstanding season. And they can make it to the Super Bowl run, but it's like 
you've seen Iron Man, right? First one, yeah. Yeah. Who's the bad guy in the first Iron Man? You know, I watched it one time and I don't Jeff remember. Brid- Jeff Bridges. Ob- sure. Obadiah Stain is his name. Okay. Right? And Obadiah was in cahoots with the people who abducted Tony Stark before he escaped from the cave and built the first Iron Man suit. So then after Tony Stark escapes, Obadiah goes out there to where the people were holding him captive and he brings all the, the bits and pieces of the machine bracket and he brings it to his engineers. He says, I want you to build this. And he says, well, I can't do that. And he says, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. And the engineer looks at him and says, well, I'm sorry. I'm not Tony Stark. So if you're expecting everybody to be Patrick Mahomes, you can't. So stop trying to hold everybody to that same measuring stick. It's a What's very long-winded way to get to my point here. But I thought of that analogy, and I thought it was a banger. So I, I like it. I like it. I like it. What's your prevailing thought when you consider what you've seen from this 49ers defense uh, in the last two playoff games and now being tasked with Mahomes, Reed, extra time to prepare, see, you know, seemingly an offense in Kansas City that's doing some good things down the stretch here? Uh, obviously, you're mindful of the fact that they very easily could have lost both of those last two games, San Francisco. They could have lost the Green Bay game. They could have lost the Detroit game. Um, I think the way that Sanford, or the, the way that Detroit ran the ball, I think, is a little concerning when you consider the strength of Kansas City's interior front. Um, I'm probably more inclined to lean into the full coaching staff in Kansas City than I am the full coaching staff in San Francisco. I don't doubt Shanahan will have stuff that's schemed up and ready to go, but if Pat's going to play like he played early against Baltimore, where I'm just going to lace one out into space and Kelsey's going to feel it and dive out there and make a cat, like that's kind of stuff when you talk about EPA on extended plays and all that kind of stuff and, and how it's unmatched. Yeah, because you, you had the right call, you had the right coverage, you got him off his spot. It's just it's a low percentage play and they're, they're still hitting it. Mm-hmm. Of course, they ice the game with that shot, the MBS. It's like, right. okay, all right, all right. Here you go, Pat. So that's our early look. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We are out of here. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We hope to see you all again tomorrow.